Welcome to Wine Country Women with Michelle Mandreau, the podcast for wine enthusiasts who are curious not only about what goes in the bottle, but the remarkable women who make these distinctive winemaking regions so special. Each week, Michelle introduces you to a prominent woman and takes a peek inside her life. Welcome to today's Wine Country Women podcast. I'm Michelle Mandreau, and I'm talking with Lisa Stavropoulos, who is the proprietor of Greek Grape Wine Tours. She is also featured in our brand new book, Wine Country Women of Sonoma County. Lisa, thank you so much for being with us today. Great to be here, Michelle. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, this will be a lot of fun. Let's just dive right in. I've okay. got to ask, what was your first professional job ever? Well, that would be outside of college. After graduating from college, I had a, uh, a job at a French bank in downtown Chicago in the treasury department. I was a coordinator of uh, of treasury loans, documentation, things like that. Okay, what did you enjoy most about that job? Actually having a paycheck for the first time <laughs> in my life. <laughs> That's good. We could all we all need a paycheck. Right? Yes, yes. But uh, no, I learned it was a great launching pad, you know, for full-time work, getting out in the um in the business world and uh but only stayed there for for a year and then I went on to get my MBA and that's when I really consider my my real career after that. <laughs> Fast forward, you started a tour company. Mhm. You married a man from Greece. Mm -hmm. Was it inevitable that you would start this tour company taking people to Greece? Well, it surely uh, was was convenient. Um, I had always been interested in international business and studied it in, in undergrad, and, in, uh, and then I went overseas for my for my for my MBA, um, and then I worked in international wine for the second part of my career. Before that, I was in marketing for different financial services, but the last 20 years I've been focused on wine and primarily the international aspect of it. I worked in some uh, wineries in Napa and Sonoma, but what I, my, my true love was um, going overseas and spending some time in Argentina and help st start up a, a company down there uh, about, gosh, now 15, 16 years ago. And that's when I realized I need to be involved in the international wine scene. Napa and Sonoma have great wines. They don't need help. Well, I shouldn't say they don't need help, but they have many, many people uh, helping the, the wineries around here. So I was really interested in trying to help wineries overseas. And so my first uh, jump into that was with Argentine wines. But then when I came back and I was still working with Argentine wines, I was reading a lot of trade press and realizing that Greek wines were taking off. And that was very similar. The Greek wine world was very similar to the Argentine wine world back in the early 2000s when they were going through their devaluation. They were having financial crisis. They had to start making wines of uh, of, quali of higher quality in order to export them. And Greece was kind of in that um, running in that same path. And then at the same time, I also did meet my um, current husband, who is from Greece. And then we obviously went back to Greece for several summer vacations. And I was able to taste a lot of Greek wine and travel around the Greek wine regions and notice that, yes, this, this, is, this is an exciting story. And same when, when Malbec was becoming um, very popular when Argentine wines came on the scene. 
it, it was ready for, it was prime time for Greece to kind of sh shine, if you will, because everybody was interested in the next thing. You know, what's next after Argentina, or what's next after Gewurztraminer, what's next after Gruner Veltliner? And people were curious about wine. They just weren't just drinking Napa and Sonoma wine anymore. And so it's, it seemed like a natural that, that the Greek wines would start to uh, emerge as kind of the next hot thing, and that's exactly what happened. You've had this business for how long? Uh, in development for six years, and then actually my first tours I took four years ago. And so when someone books a tour with you, what can they expect? Right now, I have one, what I call the overview tour, if you will. Uh, it's 11 days, and we visit three different wine regions. Well, we visit a couple wine regions within a wine region. So the first three days we spend in the, or four days we spend in the Athens and the Peloponnese area, visiting um, Attica and Nemea, Montania, and then we fly up to the north and we visit the wineries of the north in Nausa and Minion, and um, stay in Thessaloniki, which is the second largest city in Greece, and then we fly to Crete. We finish in Crete and explore the wine regions of Crete. There's an add-on a two-day add-on for people who want to uh, go to Santorini after, um, but I kind of keep that separate because I've noticed that a lot of people have been to Santorini already, and um, so we keep it as an add-on. So we stay in um, super adorable hotels, four- and five-star hotels. They're not big you know, chain hotels at all in any sense, and they're not little tiny pensions at all either. They're, um, they're super charming. I've vetted all of them and st stayed there many, many, many times. And then all my winery partners, um, you know, their wines are obviously amazing, beautiful, stunning views and vistas, and the food is incredible. There's so many people that, that have come on my tours that have been blown away by the food. They're like, why don't you call this a food and wine tour? Because it's not just about the wine. Every place we go, the food is unique. And that's what I love about Greece. Like every, it's such a small country, but regionally there are so many vast differences not only between the wines but also the food and so you can go up north and drink these you know a lot of hearty red wines and more tomato based uh, meat focused dishes and then go down to the islands where you have you know crisp um, white wines with fish and vegetables and so the the variance across the whole country is is pretty interesting so in 11 days you get a really amazing uh, overview of of Greece itself uh, geographically, but also from the food and wine perspective, of course. You've had a really diverse career. We didn't really dive into your whole career. Yes. But what do you think has been a top moment of your career? Um, well, you know, I think of the most current time right now with uh, Greek Grape Wine Tours. Last year I got um, the award for uh, Best Wine Tour Company in Greece. Uh, Who gave you that award? The Travel and Hospitality Award Organization out of England. And so they base it on um, feedback, of course, also marketing, um, interviews, uh, and you know, obviously everything that they, they look at to, to make these decisions. So that was obviously a highlight. Um, going to uh, Argentina and starting the company Argentina was you know, fantastic. That was definitely a high point. And so, you know, I think, of course, you remember the most recent things, but I think, you know, the career that I've had over the past now 30 plus years, you know, I'm most happy and proud of what I've done in the last, um, you know, 11 or 12 years for sure. What's ahead for your tour company? What do you hope to bring to your business or change? Um, well, I think I'm still, I mean, obviously, I'm in the growth mode still. Uh, I, there's many opportunities I have yet to explore in terms of marketing channels. Um, you know, there's a lot of organizations that I 
that I want to reach out to. There's a lot of business development that needs to be done. Uh, I've had great success this past year working with um, Sonoma State University, Napa Valley Wine Academy, and the Women for Wine Sense organization. And was supposed to bring Napa Valley Wine Academy last month, but we're now uh, had to cancel that. We're going to go next May. And brought the Women for Wine Sense organization last fall and to last Greece. year to Greece. Yeah, okay. on a customized, more mm-hmm. of a customized trip. So, you know, I have my consumer trips and then I have some of these professional organizations, you know, that we obviously tailor make make those. So I'd like, those are enjoyable. I would, you know, obviously be reaching out to other similar organizations and do things similar, even wineries here in Napa and Sonoma. There's no reason why I can't approach, you know, a, a winery that has a wine club that they're looking for unique events to be able to offer to their wine base and take them to Greece, you know, obviously either with their winemaker and explore the differences between you know, that winery's wine and wines in Greece. So there's a lot of new channels that I'd like to, uh, that I'm still trying to explore. And then also new tours. Um, right now I have my, you know, overview tour, if you will. I'd like to come up with some unique tours that focus only on the north. Um, I love the north. It's my favorite part of Greece. People don't think that Greece is mountainous, but 80% of Greece is mountainous. And, um, it's not just all about sea, sun, sand, and island hopping. So people, I included, when they go up to the north, it's like, oh my God, this is Greece. And the people, everything is just amazing up there. So I'd really love to uh, do a tour of the entire northern part of, of Greece. There's great wineries across the hall, all the north. Um, and then even an island hopping um, a short tour, you know, to Crete and Santrini, Paros, even Hios. Um, you know, there's, there's, enough wine producing islands of that are producing quality wine that could make a fun kind of uh boating trip if you will so looking at those two options a lot of things on the horizon yeah 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 otherwise you get bored (laughs) (laughs) so if somebody's interested in booking a tour with Mm -hmm. you what's the best way for them to do that uh definitely just go to the website www.greekgrapewinetours.com um, or email me at lisa at greekgrapewinetours.com. Uh, we're on Facebook as well, uh, Instagram and Twitter. So um, actually, I take that back. On Facebook, I'm The Greek Grape uh, because I do have a blog uh, that I started even before I started the t- tour business. Uh, it's more of an educational blog on, on Greece, Greek wine specifically. So that is actually called The Greek Grape. Um, and then I also have a mobile app. Uh, Greek wine on the go and so if you download that uh, you'll get information not only on the tour of course but it gives you a overview on all the regions the varietals how to pronounce the varietals because they're not easy to pronounce you have Ersertico, Moscofila Rose, Ignomavro it doesn't really come easily off the tongue just like Stavropoulos (laughs) (laughs) Um, and uh, so that's a great handy uh, mobile guide to uh, to Greece. A lot of information that you just shared. <laughs> yes, you have to. Re- I hope everyone had times. their <laughs> pens and paper handy. To the take easiest that thing down. is just greekgrapewinetours.com. Easy, easy enough. Now, just getting back to your career, best advice that you've been given along the way? Um, well, I actually I talked to a coach way before I started with this business, and she was great at giving me a, a, a couple nuggets, which were. You know, as soon as you start to doubt yourself, turn it around. Go for a walk, turn it around. Because if you're doubting yourself, you're not going to be make the most of whatever you're focused on at this same moment. So if you doubt yourself, just turn it around. And I've used that several times, especially when I was just starting this. It's like, why, you know, I d- launched the company and within 
a week. I'm just like, why did only one person sign up for a tour? I'm like, oh my God. And so I'm like, okay, stop. You know, don't doubt yourself. Just turn it around. So that's, I think, the biggest one that's been very helpful for me right now. Have you had a mentor throughout your career? Somebody that you've, that's helped guide you along the way, whether it's in your current role or in the past? I've had several bosses uh, in my, you know, pre-wine days right. that were that were great mentors. You know, they weren't, they just happened to, you know, looking back on it, they, they were mentors. They weren't, you know, I'm your mentor. But I've definitely had, um, almost in every job I've had, I've had great relationships with, with my bosses. And, um, and it was either watching what they have done that I would be like, okay, that's how you handle that situation or that challenge. Or literally talking th- to them about it. So a lot of my previous, um, a lot of my previous bosses have, have been mentors, if you will. Um, so you yeah. basically stole best practices from them. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what, but that's what you're supposed to do. Pay it forward. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I have to ask, what is it about the wine industry that you love? Everybody's happy. You know, it, I before joining the wine industry, I was, you know, spent several, several years in the credit card industry, which is a fascinating industry. It sounds extremely boring, but it is all about direct marketing. And it's, I, I loved it. I, it sounds weird, but I really enjoyed it. But then when I came, my first job was in Napa with um, Chapelet Winery. And it was the first time that when they said, hey, would you call these customers and I don't know, you know, check on their, whatever it was, or I have so-and-so on the line, they have a question about their order. I'm like, my heart starts to race. It's like, oh my God, I have to talk to a customer because you don't want to talk to your customers when you're in the credit card industry because they're going to yell at you. <laughs> and um, oh, no. everybody, you know, in the wine industry is, you know, they're all like-minded, you know, especially living in Napa and Sonoma. My gosh, every visitor out here is just, they feel like they're in heaven and earth and drinking great wine and... And so I think it's the, it's the lifestyle, and it's just, it brings people to their happy place. Well said. Learn more about the women who live in wine country when you purchase one of our lifestyle books at winecountrywomen.com. You love wine, and at Total Wine & More, you can count on getting the service you deserve. Their team of fun and friendly experts are extensively trained and even travel everywhere from California to Europe to meet the producers themselves. Stop by, check out over 8,000 bottles, and see why those who know wine always drink interesting at Total Wine and More. Well, let's dive into your personal life now, shall we? Okay. Where do you live in Sonoma County? So I'm in Pengrove, uh, which is right next to Petaluma. It's a very small postage stamp of a town that you'd, you'd blink when you go through it. Um, but a lot of it's, it's horse country. You know, Petaluma is you know horse country. Pengrove has a lot of ranches and and um, and houses up on the hill. But we're right off the main drag, right in downtown Pengrove. And how did you end up in Pengrove? Uh, my husband um, lives. Well, now we live in the same house he did when I met him. <laughs> but right. um, so I was living in San Rafael, working for the Argentine wine importer, and he was up here in Pengrove, and we met online through eHarmony. And um, so that's how we ended up in Pengrove. And then we decided we love it so much that uh, now my stepson's out of the house and we said, we don't want to go anywhere else. You know, we love Sonoma County. We specifically love Pengrove and even our little neighborhood. It's just, you know, it's just a great place to, to be. So we're doing a huge remodel and we're putting down our roots even further. So my next question is, when the remodel is done <laughs> and we take a step inside your house, what will we see? What is your decorating style? Uh, very contemporary, very modern. 
uh, minimalistic Scandinavian design. Uh, lots of not stark black and whites, but uh, soft grays, um, charcoal, you know, whites and pewter. And uh, so I hope that's what it looks like when this remodel's done. <laughs> that's the vision I have anyway. Well, you are in charge. <laughs> yes, that's true. That's true. So what will your favorite room be? Um, right or now, is. yeah, right now it's continues to be my wine cellar. It's my little <laughs> she shack in the backyard. And, uh, but I'm really looking forward to when this remodel is done. I'm, we're building the family room to be like the ultimate hangout room. So, which will sp also spill over into the backyard. So I kind of see that whole easy kind of flowy living spaces where we'll be spending a good chunk of our time. What's in your she shack? Mm. What's one of your most coveted wines? Um, I said one of your most. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. I probably need to do a little shopping because I have space for like 500 bottles, mm -hmm. 600 bottles, and I probably only have half that filled. So time to do some shopping. But I, I have some magnums that I've been holding on to, and one when we first said that that comes to mind is a is a Chapelet Magnum um, Cabernet from 1976. Wow. Yeah, so I probably should be opening that soon. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know. I think when the remodel's done. I think so. That's a good idea. Yeah. A good celebration. Yeah, absolutely. With your neighbors, because apparently you really like them. Yes, they are. So. They're great, a great crew. Yeah. So perfect time. So when you kick back and relax, I got to know, what do you like to listen to? What's your favorite kind of music? Um, Kind of, well, we've been listening a lot to our... Um, like the chill channel <laughs> yes, and just kind of that uh you know soft lounge music and not lounge music in a cheesy way but just that kind of electronica light music um but I also like traditional jazz so I in fact last night I was with my dad of course on Father's Day and he has so much vinyl at his house we and our go-to album is always Miles Miles Davis kind of blue and so that's whenever I think of hangout music that's what I think of have you taken a meaningful trip I'm thinking other than Greece. Is there a trip that you've taken that just had great meaning or really moved you? And if um, so, can you tell us about it? Hmm. I would say, because you're right, I mean, so many of the trips have been to Greece, so I, I won't go into all those. Um, two trips that stand out. One, um, my husband and I were supposed to go to Barcelona. This was, what, 13? 10 years ago or something like that but it was when that earthquake or the um not the earthquake the um volcano in Iceland was erupting and so we're like okay they're gonna cancel our trip and so last minute we said let's go the other way and we went to Sydney and hadn't been to Australia before and oh my god we just loved it so much we went we only had a week like eight days you know and that's not a lot when you go all the way over to to Australia but um stayed in Sydney and explored of course the city for a couple days and then went up to um the mountains and and um hung out there and then went to wine country there which just we only could go as far as hunter valley and spend a couple nights there but i think it was such a last minute trip and neither one of us had spent time there that it was oh and plus the fact that we had got engaged there <laughs> forgot that detail right but he proposed on that trip um but it was 
it was unexpected because we didn't know what to expect. And so we're like, okay, we definitely need to go back to Sydney and spend like a month at a time. So that's one of our plans, you know, later in life, which is probably going to be sooner than later, um, you know, is to spend more time there. And that's the only place I've been in Australia. And I definitely want to go back and explore, you know, all the rest of the, the beautiful country there. So that's probably the one that sticks out the most right now because it was kind of spontaneous yeah it was yeah and and we got 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 engaged (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly but it was I think it was just you know because I'm a planner you know he's a planner he's a pilot so he's a planner right organizer and so usually I have all these trips you know figured like I we had the Barcelona trip figured out and uh and so it was so spontaneous and it turned I mean some of those can like turn out to be disasters but um this one obviously didn't so right Sounds like it was it was a great trip it was, for it sure. Was. You got a bucket list? Oh, of course. I'm looking for one item on that bucket list you can share with us. Definitely a safari. I know that sounds probably like everybody else wants to do, but I haven't di- I haven't been to a- well. I we went to Morocco, but um, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, but uh, definitely excited to get to S- South Africa and go on a a really amazing safari. So that's. A number one, I'd say. Is there something that people might be surprised to learn about you? Do you collect something? Do you speak a second language? I don't know. Did you do something as a in your childhood that you might be embarrassed <laughs> for people to know about? <laughs> uh, yes, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, our family Tell was. In, us. <laughs> we were in the National Enquirer when I was fourteen, and it was the most embarrassing time of my life. Um, somehow we had a my parents had a friend who was a journalist a freelance journalist and the national choir approached them they were looking for a, a middle class midwest family to do this experiment for a month and so it was during the carter um administration and we were having it was mid 70s and so we were having an you know, oil crisis and gas was through the roof and we were uh, <coughs> asked to live without gas for a month and at first, it's like, oh, okay, no big deal. You know, we, we didn't live in a huge city. We had buses. We could walk. My dad walked to work every day. and But I was 14, and the only way we can get to the grocery store was this little red wagon. And it, we live across from the high school. And so I was 14, and we'd have to go with the red wagon to go to the grocery store oh my and goodness. walk it through the uh, high school. And so, yeah, it was pretty pretty damn embarrassing. As a teenager. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So now we have a full two-page spread in the National Enquirer. <laughs> And do you have that? I do. Oh my gosh, is yeah. it framed? It is. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's probably a great conversation piece. It is. It definitely is. Is everyone shocked when they see it? They yeah, they're like, "What, what, is, <laughs> what is Oh my god. But I think they're more shocked at my hairstyle at the time. You Aww. know, the awkward, ugly teenage years. Well, I think a lot of yeah. teenagers have awkward stages. So yes, yes, you, sure. you are not alone. Yes. You are not yes. alone. I'm no longer embarrassed. I proudly <laughs> show off my National Enquirer creds. I don't even know if they have the National Enquirer in- I think anymore. They do. Yeah. Certainly there is. I don't know where they sell it. It Usually it's at the grocery store. Yeah, I know. I have to keep my eyes open. I think it's gone downhill a lot. Yeah. They have a lot of competition these days. That's true. That's true. We're in wine country. Mm -hmm. What do you like to drink at home? It doesn't have to be wine, but what do you like to drink this time of the year? Let's say that. It is wine. Okay. (laughs) I'm a white wine drinker. Um, I will drink red, like in the evenings with a big, with a big, you know, red base sauce. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, meal, but usually my go-to is uh, this time of year definitely rosé. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am a Chardonnay fan, unoaked Chardonnay. Um, if it's from Burgundy, even better. 
but you know, every I can't drink great white burgundy every single night. So um, so I'd mix it up. But I also drink a lot of Greek wine at home. My uh, white whites again. So my favorites there are Sertico, which is you know very um, crisp and minerally, mainly from you know it's grown all over over now, but it's um kind of known for made Santorini famous, if you will, or vice versa. Um, for in the in the wine world, and then Malaguzia uh, is another white wine I like. Is that Greece? It has, oh, I was going to say it has to be from Greece too. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Malaguzia from Greece, Sertico, and then Moscofilero. The three main whites I um I can drink those all day long. How does the white wines of Greece compare to those here in Napa and Sonoma? The white wines here. Uh, well, it depends what you're drinking. Like a Moscofilero, um, you know, it's going to be, you know, aromatic. Some people can say it's like. It depends on how it's made, but that it could be like um, Chablis meets, you know, a stronger Pinot Grigio. Um, Malaguzia is a little fruitier and a little heavier. I, I don't know what you would compare that to. You could probably compare it to, uh, you know, some sort of steely, unoaked um, Chardonnay. There's not a lot of Greek wines that, you know, do a lot of malolactic fermentation, not a lot of oak. So um, a lot of it is more stainless steel fermented and so there's a lot of comparisons with Sauvignon Blanc meets Gewürztraminer so they're all over the board in terms of the feel on the palate as well as um, how much fruit versus how much minerality so there's such a variance. You know I haven't I haven't shopped for Greek wines. Mm -hmm. Can you find them? Well that's the problem where we are you know California in general it's always hard to find uh, you know, European wines because they tend to stay on the East Coast a little bit. Um, and then here we're heavily dom- dominated with West or uh, West Coast wines, you know, obviously Napa and Sonoma as well as Washington and Oregon wines. But there's a, K&L definitely carries some, some wines. Wine.com does sell some uh, Greek wines, but if you're in the area down near Alameda, uh, there's a shop called Craft Beer and Wine. And Dan Marshall is the biggest proponent of um, and supporter of Greek wines. I think he has well over 100 SKUs in his shop, and it's a small shop. And he probably has more Greek wine SKUs than any retailer in in, uh, in New York. So it's definitely if you're in if you need a Greek wine fix, it's definitely worth the drive down. Okay. In fact, I need to get down there and restock. <laughs> there you go. A good excuse to get out of town. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, before you get out of town, let's tell our listeners, what do you enjoy most about living here in Sonoma County? Well, as you can see right now, you guys can't, but it is beautiful, sunny blue day, um, blue sky day. So the weather here is amazing. You know, I love it. But I just, I also love the, just the, the laid back lifestyle. Um, it's just, there's a, there's a, there's a feeling in Sonoma of just, I don't want to say rustic chic, but like just this rustic lifestyle that is comfortable, laid back, um, unpretentious, focus on quality items, whether it's um, non-alcoholic things, you know, whether it's, you know, honeys or soaps or, or other life, uh, home goods type of, type of things. Um, and then the, f- the restaurant scene and the food scene, uh, you know, it's the same. Snap is the same. You know, it has a wonderful lifestyle, too. But I, there's something, you know, very different between this, the two sides of the hill. And, um, and while I lived in Napa for three years, I've spent time over there. I do like the Sonoma side. 
so much because of just that kind of laid-back lifestyle. Well, there's a lot of diversity here in Sonoma yeah, County, yeah, too. That's I true. mean, you've got the coast, you've got Good you know, point. the towns, you're a little closer to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. It's a little more direct, I guess I should say, maybe not closer. And then the... Um, you know, I always forget too about you know Bodega Bay. You have you know the ocean, mm-hmm. uh, easily accessible. You know, forty-five minutes from our house, we're, we we can be at the um, at the ocean. So so it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. You do have a lot of diversity. Yeah, you have a a lot within a thirty-minute radius. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah for Forty-five-minute sure. radius. Well, we're gonna wrap things up with five quick questions. Ready? Okay. Okay. <laughs> what kind of car do you drive? Oh, I drive a Range Rover Evoque. Okay. Last piece of candy you ate? Does gum count? <laughs> sure, I think it's a candy. No, 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 no. I uh, Dark chocolate. Yes, a piece of dark chocolate. My husband and I try to do that every single night. Okay. <laughs> I dark think chocolate. gum was the answer, folks. Well, <laughs> it is. Oh, yeah, I had gum. I what kind of gum did you eat? Or um, chew, I guess. <laughs> I don't even remember. Okay. Third question. What's your favorite flower? Let's see. I, I think calla lily. Who is one of your most favorite actors or actresses? Tom Hanks. And final question, what's one of your all-time favorite movies that you can watch again and again and again and it never gets old? Oh, Mamma Mia. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Lisa, so much fun chatting with you today. Yeah, so much fun. I enjoyed it. Thanks so much, Michelle. Visit winecountrywomen.com to join our exclusive list so you can be the first to learn about upcoming offers and events. Grab a glass and join us next week for a new edition of Wine Country Women.